You're listening to an Axe Church sermon. Axe Church Northwest is located in Vancouver, Washington. We meet each Sunday with two services, one at 9 a.m. and one at 11 a.m. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We hope you enjoy. Want to know more about us? You can check us out online at www.axecamus.org. Okay, here's the sermon. We hope God blesses you through it. It's good to see you all. Merry Christmas. You know, uh, there are things that we get in life that we don't deserve. This week, my wife and I celebrated 20 years of marriage. Thank you. Uh, It was more her than me, but I appreciate the clapping. Uh, You know, it's, it's interesting how different it is your wedding night versus your 20th anniversary night. When I was 21 years old, when I got married, it was about 80 pounds lighter, a lot of energy, you know, a lot of, you can, you get the picture, right? But this time, 20th anniversary, we basically watched movies on the couch, uh, ate snacks, went to bed, my snoring kept Tiffany up most of the night, and then at one point, she got extremely frightened while I was sleeping in the middle of the night, and what frightened her was what she described as the loudest passing of gas that any human has ever done, and apparently scared, literally scared her, didn't wake me up, you know, I was fine, but, uh, and it was me, not her, I don't know what you were thinking about, that was, that was me, so, welcome to Axe Church, um, if, <laughs> if you're new, this is what you're in for, so, uh, we want to welcome you if you're new, if you haven't been here, or if you've been here a couple times, or whatever it is, I hope that you get to know some folks around here, this is a wonderful place, this is a wonderful expression local expression of the body of Christ here at Acts Church. People who are growing, who are coming to know Jesus more and more, who are fighting the good fight, who are standing in a shield wall together and facing the world uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit and loving it and, and doing it in joy. So I hope that you get to, to meet some folks if you haven't. Uh, the truth is about our 20th anniversary is that it's way more, way more joyful and fulfilling now in our marriage 20 years in than it was when I was an ignorant kid. I was 21, Tiffany was 20, she's almost two years younger than me, although she looks about 20 years younger than me, Um, but, uh, you know, it it, it was a different thing back then. We didn't really know much, we didn't really know much about what love was, we didn't know much about what marriage was, and now we do, and it's, you know, it's gotten better and better and better by the grace of God, and only by the grace of God. It's not because I'm so amazing, and it's not even because she's so amazing, which she is, But that is not why it's gotten better and better. It's gotten better and better by the grace of God, because God gives good gifts. I've had 20 years of encouragement and help and love and affection and joy that I just do not deserve. Yeah, thank you. It's it's pure grace. It's a gift far beyond what I deserve, and it's a gift far beyond my hopes and what I could have ever imagined. If I had been asked to list at like 20 years old, asked list the personality, you know, character traits of the perfect woman to marry. I would not have picked the ones that Tiffany has. She, if she had been asked to to list the perfect husband, she wouldn't, other than my looks, she would not not have picked me. And we've talked about that, and it wouldn't have been my looks either. I don't know if you guys know, Tiffany has some pretty serious eye problems. We don't need to fix that. She's fine. Um, She wouldn't have chosen me, right? I wouldn't have fit the bill for her at all. Here's the thing. Tiffany is generally very unimpressed by me. 
Uh, she holds me accountable, which is like, come on. And, and she doesn't find my excuses charming at all, ever, <laughs> uh, at all. Like, it's just face, you know, whatever. Uh, and, I, and here's the thing. I love her for it. I love her for it. Instead of being somebody who just sort of, uh, you know, lets me get away with whatever and doesn't help me grow and whatever, she has been a true and full partner and helper. And I have tried to be the same to her. And it has been joyful and glorious to watch what Christ has done in each of us over these two decades. Because God is like that. God is like that. He's gracious and he gives good gifts. He gives good gifts, often far greater than we could imagine for ourselves. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says this, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You have never imagined, not any human being ever has ever imagined or had it come into their heart or their mind, the things that God has for those who love him. He has prepared amazing things beyond what you could think of because that's the kind of God that he is. Now, some of you have, have dogs and cats, and I have some of my own. I have a couple dogs. We have three cats at our house right now. Our, we have two cats. I have one. Tiffany has one, but hers is a jerk. And so <laughs> I wanted one that would snuggle me, and I got one. He is the best, by the way, the best cat. He, snuggles, he puts his face right here in my eye socket, and just it's amazing, okay? Great cat. <clears throat> and then we have my daughter. She's out visiting her husband's uh, family, and so we have their cat, which is just a big butterball with legs about this big who like, tries to jump around. <laughs> It's amazing. But some of you guys have dogs and you have cats, right? Um, and you, you, know, you, you would think that your animals love you. Uh, they don't. Just <laughs> FYI. I'm sorry to have to be the one to tell you. But, and I know, some of you like to dress them up, <clears throat> Randy Conrad, and put their picture on Facebook. And, and, and you have presents for them under the tree and stuff because, you know, they know what that is. Uh-huh. Um, but the truth is... Animals are not thinking much about us. And I know, you put them in your lap, they look into your eyes, and there's this precious moment and whatever. But what they're thinking is food. This person gives me food. And then they're thinking, I got to poop. And then food, nap, poop, food. This is what they're thinking, okay? Like teenage boys. That's what's going on in, in the life of your animal, okay? Now, I love animals, Okay? And I think they have affection for me and all the rest, but I'm not under any illusions about them loving me. And I'm using this word love very specifically. Love is something very different than something an animal can do. Here's the thing. You are not an animal. Regardless of what uh, atheistic, uh, naturalistic science wants to tell you, that you're just some other form of animal that just happened to get a slightly larger brain or something, that is not true. That is not true at all. As the Veggie Tales tell us, wisely, God made you special, and he loves you very much. You just, uh, Bob and Larry, that's, they've got the good stuff. Unlike animals, God made you to be able to love. He made you to be able to have relationships, first with him and then with other people. And this is a big deal. A big deal. God made every man, woman, and child in his own image and likeness. He gave you the ability to make choices, the choice to love or not to love, the choice to do good or not to do good, to do evil. He made you a real person. 
And this is a great gift. It's an amazing gift. Unfortunately, we have taken this gift and used it to serve ourselves rather than to serve God. To love ourselves more than we love God. To love ourselves more than we love other people who are made in the image and likeness of God. To serve ourselves, to worship ourselves and our lusts and all of those things instead of God. If you read Romans chapter 1, we're not going to read it this morning, but if you want to get into that, it'll, it'll break it down for you. What we've done with this beautiful gift of becoming a real person and having real choices, we have messed it up. And the truth is that at one time, according to the scriptures, we were, this is what it says, we were having no hope and without God in the world. We broke our relationship with our holy God and we became sinners. We became doomed. The human race was doomed in righteous judgment to be separated from God. That's where we stood. We were without hope and without God in the world. But God gives good gifts. We're celebrating Christmas this week. You can watch. You can go because you'll be off work or whatever. You put the pajamas on. I know some of you have those footy pajamas. It's just one big thing with the feet on it and whatever. It seems too hot for me, but it does seem comfy, especially with my kitty. Anyway, <laughs> you could sit on the couch and you could watch 100 movies, okay? Your Netflix account, 100 cheesy movies about Christmas, right? And they'll all tell you that this is a movie about the, quote, true meaning of Christmas, most of these are stories about some character, the classic character being Ebenezer Scrooge from the Dickens novel, but, but some, some character who is either greedy at the beginning of the story, or maybe the character's all wrapped up in materialism, or they're a workaholic, or they don't pay enough attention to their kids and their spouse, or whatever it happens to be, right? They got some kind of problem, and the payoff of the movie is that by the end of the movie, the person learns the, quote, true meaning of Christmas, which is usually, the true meaning of Christmas is usually has to do with being nice to others and maybe valuing your family more, something like that, which that's a good thing. Those are good things, okay? Um, don't get me wrong. It's great and wonderful, but that's like saying that the true meaning of the Super Bowl is funny commercials, okay? <laughs> funny commercials are great, but I don't think we'd have the funny commercials if there wasn't the Super Bowl. I don't think the players you know, are thinking about the funny commercial. I think they have other things on their mind. The Super Bowl is a football game. Okay, it happens to have some, some extraneous things to it. But Christmas is not just a time to be nice to your family. You should do that. Okay, don't go and quote, Pastor David said, I don't have to be nice to you because that's not the true meaning of Christmas. No, be nice to your family, okay? Be nice to your family, be nice to your kids. All of that is important. But without the actual, the reality, the real true meaning of Christmas, all of that would be worthless. All of that would be worthless. It would have no meaning. It would have no meaning. Those without hope, those without hope, without God, are doomed. That's the facts. We were without hope and without God in this world. And in that condition, who cares if you are nice to your family? Who cares if you have your priorities right? If the fact is you're doomed to death and destruction and separation from God. None of that other stuff matters without the real meaning of Christmas. All we'd be doing is thinking around, sitting around thinking about death and doom. Be a bummer, right? But the true meaning of Christmas is and always has been the incarnation 
of Jesus Christ. God became a man and dwelt among us. Not just a man. He came as a baby, grew up for over 30 years on this planet with us, with human beings, and then died and rose again. That is it. That was it. Because even though the world was without hope, God had made a promise to his people, the Israelites. And God always keeps his promise that he would bring a savior, a redeemer. He promised a redeemer. He promised that the price of our wickedness, the price of our rebellion, the price of our selfishness, that price being death, that he would come and redeem us and pay that price himself. That's the true meaning of Christmas. Now let's get into the Christmas story here. We're going to read out of Luke chapter 2. We're going to read the first 20 verses, so I'm just going to kind of go through the Christmas story here. And this is it. It'll be on the screen, or you can use your Bible. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in that same country shepherds. We're going to talk a lot about the shepherds. Living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Jesus Christ was born. A human being. God was born a human being. You have to understand how glorious this is. You have to understand what it means. Or else you will suffer from the plague that I have been noticing and seeing our culture and our society starting to fall to. And that plague is apathy. If you don't understand what's really going on here, you can fall into apathy. Apathy toward God. Apathy toward ultimate truth. I see it more and more and more. And there's, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of passion in the world. Plenty of it, okay? Passion about political or social ideas or movements. Passion about people standing up for their rights. Passion about sports 
and hobbies and, you know, businesses and, and passion about the newest Star Wars movie? <laughs> anyway, my opinion. I know some of you disagree, but you can be wrong. Anyway, people have passion for all kinds of things, but they have apathy about the things that really matter. They don't understand that all those other things require the things that really matter to be true. There are people everywhere just going about their lives, ticking off the days, entertaining themselves to death, and thinking very little, if at all, about God and ultimate truth. There are many people who have been lulled into a state of apathy because they have convinced themselves that they are comfortable with their lives. These shepherds, they're out here, they're watching their flocks by night. They're just doing their thing, right? Doing their thing. Some of you have worked a swing shift or a graveyard shift. You know what that's like. That's these guys, right? When you do that, you're kind of in your own world because you have a work schedule that puts you at odds or in a different schedule than basically everybody else. It makes it, 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 it makes it hard to kind of connect. It's probably a little bit lonely, I'm guessing. I've never worked for a long time on a swing shift or a graveyard, but I'm guessing it's a little lonely. Hard to connect with, with other people, with the community, when you've got the night watch, right? These shepherds were the second, third shift guys. But here's the thing. A lot of people live like this now, no matter what shift they work. Kind of a disconnected life. They do not have a lot of real and deep community with other people because their life is moving so fast and they got so many things going on and most of their connection with other people is either text messages or social media or whatever, right? We are a disconnected society. We know this. This is cliche. Many people feel alone, feel depressed, feel apathetic. I don't know if these shepherds were apathetic or not. The Messiah had been promised hundreds of years before. And these Jewish folks would have been looking for the Messiah to come. But I don't know if maybe they had started to build some apathy. I have no idea. Okay? But they were certainly living in a difficult situation. They were in a conquered land under the control of the Romans, a foreign power. If you've grown up in this country, you have never lived under the control of an occupying force, an occupying power. My guess is it's probably not very much fun. It's probably not very much fun. I think that their lives were difficult. And on top of that, they're the ones who've got the night watch. I have no idea how much hope was in their hearts that night as they're out there with their flocks, watching their flocks, waiting. But I know this, whatever state of mind they were in, everything changed for them in an instant, in an instant. First, this angel appears, right? It says the shepherds were greatly afraid. And we just kind of read past that kind of stuff. And the shepherds were greatly afraid. If an angel came and appeared to you full on in his glory, Gabriel the angel or whatever, just like, you're going to be afraid. You're going to pee a little bit. That's that's what's going to happen right? You're going to pee a little bit because you're going to be afraid because, because people and angels are not necessarily good company for each other, right? They're, they're very powerful and bright and the whole thing. So they're afraid. And the angel tells them, do not be afraid. And I'm sure they're like, okay, yeah, you know, but then he goes on and he brings this news. I'm going to read this again. I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior, 
who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now you may have heard this story many times. Seen the Charlie Brown special, whatever. This story is out there. You may have heard it many, many times. You may have it memorized. It may be not that big of a deal to you anymore. But I can tell you this. The shepherds, they had not heard this story. They had never experienced anything like this. This was the best news they could ever imagine, ever. A Savior, Christ the Lord, was born. See, the Israelites, they had a hope, unlike the Gentiles. They had a hope that the Messiah was coming. They were waiting for him. When the shepherds heard the news that the Christ was born, they were ecstatic. And for anyone who is broken, who has suffered loss, who has been tied up in sin, who has struggled, who understands the brokenness of this world, which is all of us, this is the best thing that you can hear, period. There is no news, there is nothing that compares to the news That Jesus Christ is born. That Jesus Christ died. That Jesus Christ rose from the dead. This is it. Now, if I were to pull an Oprah right now, okay, and give everybody a car. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. The whole thing, right? You all get a brand new car. My guess is you'd be pretty excited. You'd be pretty excited about the new car. We can't do that. The elders told me no. I was going to. But (laughs) if you guys would just give more, we could give everybody a car. Um, No, I'm kidding. Uh, if I were to offer you all a million dollars in a new house right now, you get, look under your thing, you got keys to a house and a million dollars. I'm guessing you would be ecstatic. I'm guessing you would be pretty darn happy. When I tell you that Jesus Christ is born and that it is good tidings of great joy, how does that hit you? Because that should hit you much deeper and much more significantly than all the money and the stuff that this broken world could offer you. Much deeper. The fact that this message will be to all people, all of us, and yet in this world there is apathy because we do not understand it. We do not understand it. We do not let it inform our lives. We do not let it enliven our lives. We do not let the Holy Spirit speak this to us in a way that makes us live it out because we don't understand it. These shepherds would have had some idea. There's a lot going on here, okay? These possibly, we don't know for sure, but these were possibly the Levitical shepherds, okay, the priest shepherds that would have been raising the lambs that would have been used for the sacrifices at the Passover, okay? And these lambs would have been had to be perfect, no blemishes, Okay? And the, where, where they would have had these lambs is they would have had them in a stable or a cave. And when they had these lambs, if it was the perfect lambs, the unblemished lambs, they would have actually taken that lamb and wrapped it in swaddling cloths, just like they wrap babies. And they did that because lambs can be kind of, you know, jerky, herky, jerky. And they don't want them to harm themselves and cause a blemish because these have to be perfect unblemished lambs. So Jesus is born in the same way, in the same place where the Passover lambs that were pointing to who he would be were born. Maybe they understood that. I don't know if the shepherds understood that or not. I'm not sure, but it's there for us to see. It's there for us to see. This was really good news 
This was really good news. Jesus Christ came in the flesh and dwelt among us, and he died for our sins. The perfect lamb without blemish, who as a baby was wrapped in swaddling cloths, and as a man was the perfect lamb of God without blemish, and he rose from the dead. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father victorious, and we have hope that will be fulfilled, that we will be with him, and that we will see all things made new. Now, cars and money and houses and fame and power and worldly pleasures and all of that stuff is garbage compared to that. It's nothing compared to that. But we who follow Christ, we can lose track of that. We can lose track of that. And when we lose our, our passion, when the Christmas story just becomes another thing that we do in the hustle and bustle of life, and oh yeah, I've heard that story, I could quote it for you. When that's what it becomes, we lose our passion, the passion that the shepherds had. What did they do? It says, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. They made it widely known. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They did not keep this to themselves. They didn't keep it to themselves. This was good tidings of great joy to all people, not just to the Jews, but the Gentiles as well, to everyone. And as Ephesians chapter 2 tells us, we who are once far off, without hope and without God, have been brought near, for he himself is our peace. There was no shalom. There was no shalom. There still is a lot of no shalom out there. Watch the news. How many shootings? Another stabbing last night in Nashville? How many, how many things are going on? How many people are sick? How many know somebody's got cancer? How many, you know, we've got all kinds of stuff going on. There's not peace in this world in many ways, but there is a promise of peace in Jesus Christ. He is our peace because he reconciled us to God. And now he will make all things new. That is good news because you were far off. And now you have been brought near. Jesus Christ defeated death. He, Jesus Christ is the king and our savior. And you who believe on his name will have everlasting life. But not necessarily just you. Your children, your spouse, your grandchildren, your siblings, your friends, everyone that you love has the opportunity to have everlasting life because of what Jesus has done. Anyone who's had a child or a sister or a brother or a close friend that's far from the Lord that's rejected God and has prayed for them and weeped for them and desired for them to come to know Jesus knows how deeply our hearts desire. Much more than money, much more. You could give me anything, but if you would just save, if you would just save Jesus, these people, I don't, I don't care about what's for me. It is so important, and all of them can come. It's a free gift that's being offered to everyone. So make it widely known. Yell it from the rooftops. Stop worrying about what people will think of you. What do you think these people thought of these shepherds? Hey, I uh, was out in the fields at night. Uh, some angel came, started talking to me, and then the heavenly host started singing. You think the people were like, uh-huh. Well, that happens every day. <laughs> that makes sense. I think they're like, shepherd, you know, that's... <laughs> I'm just guessing what people were thinking, Right? They would not have been necessarily 
having that well taken, but yet people believed them because they marveled at what they told them. The shepherds didn't keep it to themselves. They weren't worried about being embarrassed. They weren't worried about the way that people would take it. They couldn't stop themselves from making it widely known. Are we stopping ourselves? We need to wake up and realize what we have in Jesus Christ. The true meaning of Christmas is that you no longer have to be a slave to sin. You no longer have to be a part of the kingdom of the world and the devil. That's, that's not you anymore if you're in Christ. You can be saved by the Savior Jesus, who is Christ the Lord. Now listen, do your last-minute shopping. Bake your cookies and your turkey. Enjoy your friends and family. Those are all great things at Christmas, okay? Do all that. Enjoy it. But do not be apathetic about our God, who became a man and was sacrificed for you as a perfect lamb. Live every day in the knowledge of this glorious and great news. Every day. When you wake up, there are going to be somewhere between a few and a thousand things that rush into your mind. I got to be at, well, I'm late for work. I got to do this. I, uh, my, my wife's mad at me or my husband's mad at me or my kids are messing up or whatever. And I got the bills to pay and I got this. And you know, let's get in. And you're going to wake up in this frazzles day and you're going to go do whatever you got to do. Okay. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing that should be on your mind is that Jesus has come. He has died. He has risen. You are saved. You will be with him forever. And nothing else matters because all things will work together for good for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. And then go deal with the bills and the whatever. But the first thing on your mind should be this great and glorious news, and not just for you. But for every person who you come into contact with, all day, every day, do not stand before Jesus when he's giving out rewards and have it all burn up. And he says, yeah, this friend and that friend and this sister and that brother and this person and that person, and, and half of them didn't even know you were a Christian, and the other half you never talked about me. You didn't make it widely known. How important was I to you? You talked about the latest Star Wars movie. You talked about the sports game. You talked about this. You couldn't find anywhere in there to bring up that you've been gloriously, miraculously saved. Kind of a big deal. Let's not be apathetic. God gives good gifts. Jesus Christ has offered us salvation by grace through faith in him. Not because of anything good that you've done or that I've done or anything. It is a gift of grace, and that is good news. Stoke the passion. Stoke the fire. Your passion for Jesus Christ. And if you do that, and you can live passionately in the true and real meaning of Christmas, you might just be used by God to cure the apathy of those around you. It's really hard to stay apathetic around somebody who's really excited. It's difficult. Because when people are really excited, our natural tendency is to think they're doing something that they really enjoy. Right? They're doing so something is going on here. And there tends to be at least some curiousness, curiosity about that. Stoke the fire of your passion. You live as a passionate Christ follower and watch what happens to the apathy of the people around you. 
Trust me, you think that these shepherds ever lost their passion? I don't think so. They were given a great honor. And they got to see great glory and were told amazing things. And they saw Christ, the child. They visited him. I doubt that ever left their hearts. It should not leave ours. We've had an encounter with Jesus as well, those of you who are Christ followers. He's forgiven your sins. You would be dead but for him. Spiritually dead. Walking around like a spiritual zombie. And yet you've been made alive in Jesus Christ. What does that mean to you? This is good news. Everyone needs this good news. Everyone needs this good news. This is not some story or some legend or some myth. This is the truth. And it's the only truth that can save the world. It's the only truth that can save you. It's the only truth that can save me. The only one. There isn't another one. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you're here today, you're watching online, whatever it is, listening on our podcast, whatever. If that's you, you need to understand something. You're broken. Do not mistake God's patience with you for a lack of resolve. Because judgment is coming. And that's why Jesus is such good news. The world is broken and so are you. And so was every one of us before Christ came in and redeemed us. If you don't know him and you die without him, you will be separate from him forever. Don't let your apathy, your agnosticism, your I don't care rule your life. When you die, you will not find that you just disappeared and went away. Nor will you find that you became a butterfly and flew around. That's all bull. It's just not true. It doesn't make any sense. It's not philosophically true. It makes no sense, okay? That's not what's going to happen. There's, there's one of two things that's going to happen. You'll live forever with Jesus Christ, with God our Father, with our Holy Spirit, with God, or you will live for eternity separate from him in hell. That's it. Those are your choices. That's why this is such good news. Because we could have just only had the one choice, the bad one. But now we have the choice to be reconciled to God. Do not let this Christmas pass you by if you don't know Jesus, if you are not a follower of him. Today is the day. Today is the day to start. Don't be apathetic. Don't live your life and wonder where all the time went. Live for Jesus. Follow him and live. This is good news for every one of us and for every person that we know and for every person that God will ever put us in contact with and for every person that they will ever be in contact with. Christianity spreads when we live the excitement, when we are ecstatic about what Jesus has done for us, and that goes to other people, and they become ecstatic about what Jesus does for them, and then they go to other people. It's worked that way for 2,000 years, which is why we're all sitting here today, and it will work that way until he comes for us. But we've got to be part of that. And I'm going to let it stop here in 2020 because people have gotten apathetic and it's too hard, so we'll just come into church and do our thing and go away. No. Every day, in every way, live like this is the truth that is the most important thing to you. The real and true meaning of Christmas. It's everything to me. I want it to be everything to you. Because the joy I have in Jesus cannot be measured. Cannot be measured. I cannot tell you what he's brought me through. I cannot tell you all that he's done for me. I cannot tell you the grace that I've experienced that I do not deserve. I am nothing, but in Christ, I have everything. Everything.
I pray that those around me will know that, will know what Jesus can do for them, what he's done for me. And I pray that those around you will know it also. They need to know it. Your friends need to know it too. Your family needs to know it too. Don't become apathetic. Don't get lost in whatever. Live for the truth of Jesus Christ, our Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who was willing to come down and become a man. And not just become a man and hang out for a while, but to die at the hands of those he created and to rise again and defeat death so that none of you need fear death. The greatest fear for most people, and none of you need fear it if you will just follow Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are good and awesome and holy and that you give good gifts. Lord, I ask that you would kindle the fire in our hearts, our passion for you. That we might be like the shepherds were on that night, just burning with passion and wanting to make it widely known what you have done for us. You are our Savior, our Redeemer, our King, and even our friend. That we get to call you Abba, Papa, Daddy, Father. That, you, that we have been brought back into relationship even though we were rebellious and wicked and went away in every way, Lord, but that you have saved us. God, let it burn in us. God, I pray for the people of this community who are dying, who are spiritually dead, who are walking around sleepwalking, who don't understand, they're deaf to the truth, they've become apathetic, and God, I pray you would prick their hearts, take away the hardness in their hearts of stone and give them a heart of flesh and let them hear about you through this church, through any other church in this area, through whatever you have to do, Lord, I pray for revival that the true meaning of Christmas would break through all the nonsense and all the noise and that we would understand the most important thing that has ever happened. God, I pray for every single person in this room and all of their family and all of their friends and all those that they love that do not know you right now, Lord, I pray that you would give them an opportunity to make you widely known to them. And I pray that these people would turn, that they would repent, they would turn away from their old ways and they would follow you, Jesus. God, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving my brothers and sisters here. Jesus, we love you. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to that Acts Church sermon. We hope God spoke to you through it. We would like to invite you to join us in person on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. for our Sunday service. If you enjoyed this sermon, have questions for us, or simply want to connect with Axe Church more, find us on Facebook under Axe Church Northwest. Send us an email or message, or leave us a rating or recommendation. We appreciate all of you and hope to hear from you.